0: Welcome back to At The Table as we continue to journey through our Christmas series, our Christmas sort of journey through each book, um, each gospel um, in the Bible um, and looking at different uh, takes on the nativity story and sort of learning something new, aren't we? So, yeah, we're joined today by two very, very good friends of ours. And I'm going to be really official. I'm going to call you cadets just to be really... Oh,
1: cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: See the cream on their face. With-
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, we're joined by uh, our dear friends, Ed and Sophie Borrit
3: Hello.
2: Hello. It's
3: good to be here.
0: Good to have you on.
2: It's so nice to have you on at the table.
3: So it's cool. really nice. Yeah, I mean, we've listened to a few episodes and done a few podcasts with you guys before, but it's lovely to be to be on this one now and never been here before. It's great.
2: Absolutely. so good. We're so excited that like because it's Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve is like the most exciting time, I think. I love Christmas Eve. It has that all like anticipation. Yeah. And one of my favourite things in Christmas Eve is like midnight services or Christmas Eve services or mass or whatever they call carols by candlelight. I think they're just the most special time because it's all the pressure's gone. It's just that moment and mm. that anticipation of what's to come. So we hope that when you're listening to this, that you are taking that moment to breathe and to just rest in, into the days that are going to come, whatever, whether that be chaotic or quiet or mm. um, whatever it may be.
0: Mm. So Ed and Sophie, <laughs> we've got some Christmas questions for you. Uh, yeah. First one being, what is, your favorite food item on christmas day so with regards to that like the christmas meal like you got your pigs in blanket like what's your favorite aspect of a christmas day meal oh, you what
3: know, i every year i uh, kind of reignite a passion uh, or addiction for twiglets oh. I absolutely love them yeah
2: i'm with you on that yeah, and
3: and it's it's something just for christmas i after about january february i can take them or leave them but <laughs> november december yeah they're they're top tier
1: love it's that. always the christmas boxes that we've got in the house as well yeah. and they're generally like we'll we'll have one throughout christmas we'll get one like as they're starting to sell out in the supermarkets and then that same box will last until december of the following year when ed Reed remembers i really like twiglets and then <laughs> realize the ones we've currently got are extremely scale and now disgusting um, and we have to start the cycle all over again. Well, I'll
3: still have a few until we get uh, out to the shops for another box. But... Just
1: to tidy up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
2: love that. that. Jinx. Sophie, what about you? What's your favourite food for Christmas?
1: It's going to make me sound really healthy and it's not because I'm healthy, but like the vegetables on a Christmas dinner. I feel like everyone goes to the extreme to make them taste really nice because, you know, that you probably need to have them on the mi- on the meal but that if they're going to be there, they've got to taste good. So you get all your roasted, um, your root vegetables and you roast them and you put loads of garlic and butter and salt and pepper and everything that makes it kind of largely unhealthy again to make it taste good. Or you get broccoli and green beans and again, cover it in garlic and butter and everything that just makes it taste really nice. And I just make you go, oh, I do quite like vegetables actually. And then you get to like January and you kind of, I don't really want to go to all that effort again. It takes quite a long time. I'll just like, boil it and it's quite depressing so just the the uh, ceremony of a, a christmas vegetable is quite exciting i, love
0: that. I think anything you, that's you like in that. butter and garlic i think is just uh it's heavenly
1: mm. um,
3: can't go wrong
0: things should be coated in garlic and <laughs> oh, butter
2: maybe not everything
0: a mars bar oh, <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, oh.
2: Uh, um, I like what I love about these questions is you find out so much about people like we've had so many different fr- we've had your pigs and blankets we've had your brussels uh, we've had home- homemade red cabbage haven't we
0: yeah but no. what we haven't had turkey no one said turkey
3: I do like turkey I, I don't I feel like I've gone very down scale with twiglets haven't I um, hearing the other things you've listed off
0: We're not judging at all.
2: I I agree with you, Ed. I'm a Twiglet. Yeah, I like a Twiglet. You know, it's like dogs aren't just for life they're for Christmas. Twiglets are just for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I've just remembered I've got a box of Twiglets as well. So if you're listening to this podcast and hear some crunching in the background, that's what's happening.
0: (laughs) When the word
2: became flesh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The next one. Again, Christmas related. Which Christmas selection box, tin best describes you
3: oh i thought you're gonna ask which is the best which would be a much easier conversation
0: mm. and yeah or that or both whatever
1: if we're gonna go down that route then i have to bring out something that i don't think exists anymore but do you remember the terry's chocolate orange like stations that you mm. used to get and you used to get like dark chocolate ones or like crispy ones or popping candy ones and there'll be like these little individually up,
0: little tiny uh, ones yeah you kind of remember because you get them with a hot chocolate and Costa. You mm. get the little
3: Terry's chocolate orange, so it's
0: still, yeah. Oh, that's I like them. that one. I wonder if they
2: still do that. You love Terry's chocolate, I love orange. Terry's
3: chocolate. I like am yeah, not a fan, really. No, I don't think fruit and chocolate should be involved with each other.
2: No, me either. I'm with you, Ed. I'm not, no, no way. My
3: chocolate to be chocolate, my fruit to be fruit.
2: You <laughs> 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 Ed, what would you be?
3: Um, I'll say celebrations. Oh. I like to think I have a sunny disposition. <laughs> 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 oh, <no. laughs>
2: so, on the other side of that question, what's the top tier of selection boxes?
1: Um, the lint ball tin things. Rarely yes. afford it, but that is... I was going to
3: say heroes, but no, you're right. It is the lint one. It is. Of yeah. the conventional gifted ones that... Uh, usually go about in the circles I hang around in, clearly. It's heroes are my favourite. Um, yeah, so I tell my heroes, I quite like heroes.
0: I, I was was thinking earlier, though, quite partial to roses. Really? I was thinking about, like, you know, you get the long like caramel one.
3: Yes, that's the best of the roses. But then when they're gone, you're just like...
0: That's it. That that's one, it. And then you get the little barrel, don't you, with caramel yeah. as well.
3: Yeah, and, and the, the chewy circle. circle. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, you know, I quite like them.
1: But then you're left with like the strawberry creams that nobody wants. And that's just a bit sad. I don't know. It's
0: because I had one on Sunday at Maidstone. And I was like, "Oh, actually, I quite like these because it's Cadbury's chocolate. It's nice chocolate.
3: I can just see the disappointment in Beth's eyes there.
2: (laughs) there.
1: This is the man you married.
2: (laughs) I'm like, how dare you? Roses.
1: Roses. (laughs) Celebrations
2: all the
0: way. See, I'm not. Other than a Mars bar, there's nothing in there that I'm that
2: keen on. No.
3: I do like mopping up the bounties at the end of a celebration box because they're always at the end and I love a bounty. So that's good.
2: I don't know where there is on that because they removed them and then I think there was so much outrage that they're bringing them back now. I don't know. There
3: was a lot of outrage
0: about the fact that they wanted to get rid of bounties.
2: And Mm -hmm. I've just
3: realised I've broken my own rule about fruit being fruit and chocolate being chocolate.
1: Yeah. Is coconut a fruit? I think it's a nut, but so, yeah. it's sweet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that is one's on them.
3: Is
0: it a fruit?
1: I don't know. No, I don't think so. And I Google it.
2: Yeah, Google coconut. it. Coconut. Deep questions here on At the Table, guys. Absolutely. Is coconut a fruit?
0: <laughs> it <be laughs> a legume.
2: I was just going to say, is it a legume? Is it? It's probably got its own. What's um, a, a...
1: Well, so botanically speaking, a coconut is a fibrous one seeded droop, which is a fruit. A
0: droop.
2: a droop.
1: A droop, which is a fruit, apparently. All right. oh, there
2: you go. So Ed, that is that is the yeah, anomaly yeah. to your rule.
0: There so, we go. I'd like
3: to rescind my previous statement then.
1: <laughs> oh. Love that.
2: Now we've been exploring the nativity or the birth of Jesus and specifically thinking about like nativities and a nativity scene. So we've been asking our guests if they could play anyone in the Christmas story, who would it be and why? So if you're putting on a nativity, and you get to have complete pick of the character you're going to play. Who are you playing and why?
3: I think I would pick Joseph and not because it's one of the leading roles, um, but because I was I was reading something about Joseph. I think you may have even shared this, John, by Michael Frost. Mm. Um, speaking about Joseph being silent yeah. throughout the whole nativity thing, I thought that's amazing, and it also saved me from learning any lines. Um, <laughs> so there you go, that's <laughs> a
2: great shout. That is a good one.
1: So, oh, I don't know. I mean, I was the child at school that played the donkey, and the donkey wasn't even there. So, along with most of the animals that appear nowadays, I've recently played an angel, and I'm not entirely sure I want to relive that experience. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm not sure. Part of me wants to play Baby Jesus just because, like, you could just sit in, like, a, a box for a manger and just have your head sticking out the top. That would be quite fun. You wouldn't have to do very much, would you? You'd
2: be quite a laugh, actually. Oh, I love
1: that. That would like be... Jesus of your day. be a day. little yeah. Jesus the world.
2: <laughs> they are great answers.
0: I like that. Well, well we've you had previous answers. We've had B- an angel. Uh, we've had
2: B- yeah, yeah, the Innkeeper. Uh, we had
3: shepherd yeah any duplicates so far or have we got a nativity form
2: no, again I we. i think we've got an at the table complete nativity
3: i think it might have to happen how good are you at photoshop are you john <laughs> <laughs> yeah i might actually have a play of that
2: a bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you <said> just
0: <laughs> it's like a it's like that friends episode where joey's dreaming of um ross and ross is the baby Oh, I
2: always we, we were singing today we today we've led a carol service and we were singing away in a manger and that line in it no crying he makes and I'm like yeah like no way this yeah he was human he was the yes he is the son of God but he's, he's gonna, gonna, gonna
0: cry he's gonna get hungry he's gonna need his nappy changed he's gonna mm-hmm. cry no.
2: Absolutely. yeah it just makes me think about that but I do love that the nativity the birth scene of Jesus has it conjures up so many different aspects of people's imagination and thinking oh. connect to so many different people and that's one of the things we've loved exploring through the story through the, the eyes of Matthew Luke and then obviously thinking today today looking at John that it doesn't matter kind of where you are what or like what you are i'm sure if we asked you guys next year or even next month you might have a different answer because we see things in different ways and the the gospel what it presents to us is kind of a a window into where we are joseph may appear one day and jesus one the next but the innkeeper may be how we feel
1: Hmm.
2: um another day we saw i saw a great tiktok was it this week it must have been this week it was of there's a comedian he does a lot of Jesus like skits doesn't he I would wish I could remember his name he's a guy and he talks like this
0: oh, I know you mean um, he's he, done like uh, Noah's Ark he's done like stuff, Noah's Ark
2: it? he did the one with the animals he and... wears like
0: onesies doesn't he and
2: yeah I think I know what you mean yeah, yeah. Um, what's his name it's gonna really bug me I sent it to you so you could have a look um but he basically reenacted they were other guests in the at the inn and they were looking out, like, oh, there's someone else. Should we give our room? And one of them's like, no, like, oh, but she's pregnant. Oh, it doesn't matter. And I was like, oh, I think the baby's been like, you know.
0: You send me so many rooms. Yeah, I do there. send you
2: a lot, sorry. <laughs> but I just was, you never think about the fact that there were other guests there.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Just just casually there, you know, having on their break, visiting for the senses. Adrian Bliss. Adrian Bliss, there we go. Just, you know, there, witnessing the birth are the saviour of the world like talk about right they place realize right. It. <laughs> Yeah,
1: and they don't know that's like right yeah. their noses
3: yeah this it reminds me of um something that happened here at college recently actually um we're in one of the advent reflections which they've been doing throughout um the advent period they had um there's a couple here that have just like in last few months had a newborn baby and they did this reflection with the baby actually in the manger at the front and um and I was talking to Mark Sawyer, who's on staff here, and he he was saying that he walked by and he didn't realize the baby was there. And it was only uh, he saw this little hand pop up. And then when he realized there was an actual baby, he just kept wanting to tell everyone, look, there's an actual baby there, there's an actual baby there. And he said that as he was like thinking that, it really hit him that you know he feels like he should have that that same enthusiasm and passion to tell people about the birth of Jesus and the incarnation and what God's done for the world now as he has to tell people that the baby's actually there in the manger Mm. and I thought that was quite a beautiful image actually that that excitement to go oh something's happened here something amazing is happening I need to tell you and yeah I thought I was quite inspired by that
2: that's so cool So you've mentioned just briefly that you are uh, about your advent scene and that's because you guys are training to be Salvation Army ministers at the formal place of training for this for ministers in the Salvation Army, Salvation Army the William Booth College and that is obviously a very current part of your story but share with our listeners just a bit about who you are and perhaps where your story has led you to today
3: sure it's always tricky to figure out where to start isn't it um with these
2: yeah, questions. <laughs> when i was a boy <laughs> yeah. yeah
3: 27 years ago um no um so i guess our story start well we met in leeds mm-hmm. I, my parents are salvation army officers so i got dragged around a lot growing up but we met in leeds and um we first i guess that started thinking about salvation army officership um in amsterdam
1: yeah, so we went to a Salvation Army programme that was running there at the time called Find Your Mission. It was a discipleship, kind of looking at co- course, looking at calling, and it gave us an opportunity to get involved in the social services work out there, come alongside people with a, a homelessness soup kitchen van, visited um, an older people's home and some other Salvation Army expressions in the area, including uh, visiting ladies in the windows in the red light district of Amsterdam for conversation and support. Um, and yeah, during that time, we um, took part in a 24-7 prayer event and we had this hour together where we'd, we'd been there for about two weeks at this point, And we said, OK, God, you know, whatever it is that you're calling on, on us and on our lives. Um, and granted, we were 18. We'd uh, been dating for like two years. I'd been a Christian for like a year at this point. It was a whole whirlwind of stuff going on. And um, having told this story many times, we just said, oh, well, I got a sense of officership. And I said to Ed, "Oh, I think it's this. And he went, oh, that's a shame. That's what I got as well. Um, and that is not a disparaging comment on officership and what that can look like. But I think Ed, as an officer's kid, just thought, oh, am I really following my <laughs> parents' footsteps? And me thinking that I'm not entirely sure I've not joined a cult here. Um, you know, <laughs> really, is that, is that what I'm thinking? Is that what God's placing on my heart? Um, and is even that what's happening? So we kind of pursued that over the next couple of years and yes what that might
3: mean yeah so that kind of took us to Huddersfield where we went to uni and we were there with Chris and Aidley at Huddersfield Salvation Army and then we went to um, a place called Copper Beach in Bramley and we did what they call a pioneer internship or incarnational team thing where we learned about um, what it means to work in in the church what it means to kind of do a bit of pioneering and had some training in that and experience in that we were there for four years before coming up well coming down to William Booth Training College where yeah we've been since September so it's all well I was going to say it all feels quite new but we're kind of just settled in now aren't we as we're about to uh, as we're enjoying our Christmas holidays.
1: Yeah Yeah. but we're still here we're still going it's like the weirdest sabbatical you've ever thought to take but the privilege of studying and being a student again with You know, it's just the two of us. We've got very little responsibilities. Ultimately, it is, uh, yeah, a a huge luxury to take that time out of life and and come and see what God's dreaming for us next. That's really cool. And it's one of those like blessings
2: that God has brought us through the, the weird kind of connections that church and army have, isn't it? That so we are connected through the pioneer sphere, the pioneer world, but really I think it's one of those things that when you connect with people in the Salvation Army your age, there is, because it's such a, the Salvation Army is such a, a weird bubble itself, you kind of relate in so many ways, you know, we connected over something, we connected over pioneering and and the four of us support the Salvation Army's territory workers, enablers for pioneers in the Salvation Army. And that language is all very, very exclusive and doesn't really mean a lot it just means that we can help support people who are interested in starting new things but with own with our own different spheres but what grew was this like friendship of just oh yeah we relate to that oh yeah we relate to that oh yeah we get to that and it's beautiful that how it we knew each other for a year before even more than that before we even met in person which was yeah like, yeah. So Such crazy an
0: odd, like period wasn't it like covid and like doing a lot of zooms like doing a lot of this and then yeah, uh, yeah recording podcasts with you ed and then <laughs> and ed we' are like oh we might see you in person at some point and then we yeah and then now it's now,
3: we,
2: now get- we see you quite a lot it's it's yeah. amazing.
3: it's lovely and it's great have you kind of spoken on the at the table about what you're what you're doing with uh william booth college at the moment and that sort of stuff
2: so, yeah, I don't I don't think think. We have so is that it's amazing it's it so is. exciting <laughs> so one of the reasons why we are we get to see Ed and Sophie so much is that we are taking part in a new course at William Booth College for spiritual leaders so leaders that um, haven't gone through the two-year living in training and we get to sit in on some classes and some modules with the um, ministers in training we call them cadets in the Salvation Army and we just get to grow in a, in a bit of in a more formal way we get mm. to have some formal education and come up with ce- with a certificate um at the end of it but it's really exciting because this is a completely breaking ground pioneering step for the salvation army to have different forms of leaders having access to teaching and learning mm. and training and it's really exciting it makes me smile so much because a verse that has been spoken into my life very often and has pops up all the time is is the verse for such a time as this and mm-hmm. when the four of us sat at that on that front desk of that first week it was like it feels like that moment you know yeah. it had one of the things we've identified a lot through this podcast isn't it is not it? In is the unbelievable and incredible intricacies of the story of the nativity like all these little moving parts had to happen you know mary was the exactly right person at the exact right time you know even in her life, in their engage, in their betrothal before their engagement, before the fall, all these, the details of this story are so perfect because they mm. had to be for what they had to be. Mm. And I think it, that's so true for this. You know, we could have very easily gone into officership many times. There was many conversations where we have, but we, we tried, to, you know, we listened to what God was placing on our hearts and, and that's why we, you know, we are where we are now. And the same for you, you know, you came in at the right time. Mm. And I think, it had to be this session. It had to be your group of of people to make it work for it to to be blended and for us to to do this journey with. So mm. it's worked so perfectly, and I think it just speaks volumes of God's God's timing and mm. His isn't it? And
0: I'm excited about what it means for the Salvation Army going forwards. Anyway, like us being a pilot. I mean, there's there's how many is there doing it? Ten, 10 11, maybe. 10. Um, yeah. but like the idea that what that could mean for future uh training and what it means for the different types of spiritual leaders that the Salvation Army provides kind of like your um your chaplaincy stuff in prisons that they do and airports airport chaplains hospitals, hospitals like all of that in, in yeah and then you've got you to the, in the Salvation Army we've got other um, types of spiritual leadership like envoyship which is um where they can't really go to college or they can't be moved around like officers can because of family commitments or whatever so they're in they're brought into that as well and we and I think it's exciting to see what it means you know maybe maybe we'll look back in 10 years time and actually see a really different Salvation Army in the sense of leadership which I think is really exciting as well because I think it doesn't diminish the importance of what officers are it doesn't diminish do you know what I mean I think that's really exciting
1: Mm. It's bringing things back into that perspective of the priesthood of all believers and that everyone has a calling place on their lives, whether that's spiritual leadership in the sense of a full-time ministry um, and in church leadership or whether that's, um, you know, in the the third sector or the social sector stuff, you know, you could be anywhere and be where God's placed you to be and be speaking into the truth of the good news of Jesus, wherever that may be.
2: Um,
1: and actually it's... It's encouraging to see the Salvation Army bringing that much more in line across the board for for all the various types of spiritual leadership that we have. And, you know, if you're listening to this and feel called to a full time version of spiritual leadership, please talk to somebody, whether that's your friend, uh, your parent, whether that's someone that, you know, associated. Just speak to someone, because sometimes to speak this stuff out is to discern and to to work out what that means for you, whatever God may be calling you to that's always worth having conversation about
2: the army is has this opportunity to and i think it's stepping into that and to really kind of leverage and step into and allow people or allow people to step into i think it's probably the better word into what god has called them to do and to thrive on all forms of leaders and whether that be you know even down to you know I think the dream is to be big and to go down to you know think about our social services and the outreach that we do to have training even in small chunks you know to Mm. that to really open up the education that we have because it is you know it, it is such a good degree you know we are loving doing this it it is there is so much valuable teaching and thought and reflection and it and it can only you know benefit you to to expand or think and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to take everything on board but it's all about all about just expanding your mind and your heart and letting kind of letting jesus settle what's what what you're being called into so Um, that can only be ever exciting so thank you for sharing yeah thanks guys your story and i'm sure perhaps we'll hear like maybe hear some snippets of it as we go through but and if
0: you'd like to hear more like sophie's already said like reach out (laughs) um as well like if you're intrigued by what we're talking about or um you're intrigued what what it means to be a cadet or if you're intrigued what officership actually is or if you're intrigued what pioneering is or whatever just just drop us a message and um
2: we can send you can, to the
0: right people we can send you the right people we can uh, sort of send you over to Ed and Sophie for pretty much all the conversation just like <laughs> oh, <it's them." laughs>
2: thankfully we have people for that that are great at doing those things so yeah, yeah there's always people to direct Absolutely. and talk to So we've been journeying through the Gospels and we are finishing this Christmas series on Christmas Eve, looking at the Gospel of John. And we are that is the last of the Gospels. We are starting with John one. And we're just going to. So for, if you're listening right now, as in the previous episodes, we aren't going to read out the uh, 18 verses. So we're looking at John one verse one to 18. We are not going to be reading those verses so perhaps take time now to pause and have a read as we said before the bible is accessible you can easily access it online anywhere if you type in bible or just type in john 1 1 to 18 it will come up you can get it free on a bible app or if you have your physical bible because you like physical bible you can do that it's also audible. you know you can have it audibly as well if you prefer that But if you are listening and you want to take part in this journey with us, pause the podcast right now and take time to read the 18 verses and then play when you're ready. And we will begin kind of chatting and delving into the Gospel of John. We hope... You had a um, good pause. Maybe you got a cup of tea. I hope you had a nice drink. I might keep the ooh, <laughs> <in
0: there. laughs> <You know?
2: laughs> um, We hope you had some time reading that. And um, now this may be the first time that you have ever read this or that you may have read this many times. One of the things that we've actually been kind of thinking about through all of the, with all of our guests, isn't it, John, is mm. how amazing it is that even though, you know, you can be 50 plus or, you, or older you know or you can be 30.
0: Thanks thanks for bringing that up <laughs> um, bit, this one ear again.
2: <laughs> you can And you can hear the Christmas story, you can read something, you know, for a hundredth time and you can still find such richness and goodness from it. And you can still find new things. And we we were talking with Gordon and Natalie a couple of episodes ago about how this is because it is the living word and it grows and it Mm -hmm. is moving and it changes. So it's so beautiful that whether this is the first time or the 100th time you've read this, you know, you're hopefully getting something from it today. So what do you guys love the most about this passage in particular before we kind of get into the perhaps the Christmas bit? But what do you love the most about these 18 verses?
3: I, this, These 18 verses just absolutely blow me away. They are, mm-hmm. There's so much in here, isn't there? So much to love. But I guess if I was going to zone in on just one thing, uh, that verse 14. So the word became human and made his home among us, or as the message translation says, and moved into the neighbourhood. That's the gospel, isn't it? God became human and chose to live with us, chose to come and dwell with us. And, you know, I've been thinking recently about that theme of God wanting to be with us. And we see it just throughout the Bible. Right. We see it in Genesis with God walking in the garden in within his creation. Uh, we see it here with him dwelling with us. We see it in the Old Testament with the tabernacle where they believed that that was that space where they could. Dwell with God in in His place, and actually the word here "dwell" could literally be translated as tabernacle as well in some senses. So to a Jewish audience, they would have all those images of that place that they could have that close, intimate connection with with God, but now made flesh, made a human, and then we see it right at the end of the Bible in Revelations twenty one, where we see you know the, the new heaven and the new earth, new Jerusalem, this new place to dwell with God, um and you know it's it's amazing that you know God this infinite amazing creator of everything wants to be with us
1: (laughs)
2: yeah i I literally in my bible i have circled when it verse 14 word became flesh and made his dwelling and the note off that i've put he tabernacled among like so yeah Mm. just i love that image that that continues and that god is never done with us you know it was this place it was the literal tabernacle before it was the tent the meeting place and then it moved and now that You know, no longer would it have to be. Would we have to meet God in a place, in a certain position, through through a corridor with all these rituals? Now, we God was with us. Mm. God tabernacled with humanity, allowed us to meet with God and be among us. And that's Mm. just, yeah. Sometimes, if you think about these things too much, your your brain probably can just like, yeah, it It can really just go. Just love that. So, what about you? What what do you love the most about this passage?
1: And just that same sense of incarnation, I think it's it's so easy to to talk about the nativity story and talk about God being born on the earth. And we sing about it and we think it's wonderful. And it's I think sometimes we talk about Jesus as the son of God and we separate it from God as one. You know, when we talk about this triune God, God themselves incarnate, physically incarnated into a baby on earth. I mean that that is just absolutely mind-blowing there's there's just something about yeah as we particularly come to it in the the gospel of John and we you know in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God Mm. I think it just really emphasizes something that we know is there but I think we take for granted that it's not just the son of God it's not this separate entity that doesn't have a link and isn't one you know Jesus is God you know he is the physical manifestation of, of God saying okay I'm going to come and be with you and show you what I'm like I'm going to come and be with you and show you how to live life in all its fullness and I'm going to do it in the most vulnerable way possible I'm going to trust a young woman um, a young couple and they're going to raise me and they're going to you know teach me how to walk like there's a beautiful picture Um, I can't remember who it's by and I can't remember exactly what it is but it's Jesus as a baby and he's got like I think he's got God on like a blindfold over his eyes in, in gold and like um, a, an adult's hand kind of wiping his bum with a gold cloth in the other and it's just this that reality as, as we spoke about earlier you know we sing you know kind of this meek and mild Jesus that could have never possibly cried because he's the absolute epitome of what a Christian child should look like, <laughs> according to once at, it once in royal David City. Yeah, yeah, there's some questionable lyrics in there, I think, that we potentially sing nowadays, and I'm willing to hold my heretical hand up to that. Um, <laughs> but there's just something really powerful about this awesome, incredible God that we worship and that we adore that was willing to. To come and, and be flesh to to experience everything that we as their people just you know struggle through on a daily basis that, that's just so powerful right and I sometimes
2: i again I just can't I can't sometimes wrap my head around it because it is so incredible and I feel like because we talk about it so much, it loses not and I say this in the in the nicest way possible, but it loses its. That power because I just like, you know, when something's so magical, like you hold on to it and it's but you're like we and we talk about it so much and it like, oh yeah, that happened, but mm. that happened. Like it's it's mm. unbelievable to think that the God who can part a Red Sea, the God who can, you know, heal the blind, the God who can raise the dead, the God who can make a person completely change their life of addiction, about a, a you know, a God that can move mountains mm. also wants to know how we live and walk and feel and came to be with us to continue that relationship. And that that just is mm. that that is all the same God, the God that is provider, healer, you know, everything
0: mm.
2: is it omnipresent, loves beyond imaginable. The God who can do things beyond our even our comprehension decides that we are worth coming to that that God wants a relationship with us and Mm. I just yeah it makes it makes doing these things when you you know when we when we do work or when you serve people and they're you know they thank you you it's not of me because I'm not like you just feel so humble in these it's very humbling isn't it Mm. yeah
0: I think for me like we've already said it like this whole thing about being the living word and obviously that a lot of translations it's like in the in the in the beginning was the word but we were talking last last time out with Sarah Rose weren't we about the uh, the passion translation and I love the passion translation with this because it says in the very beginning the living expression was already there Mm -hmm. and that the fact that it's calling it the living expression for me just shows that kind of Um, poetic aspect I think that's what I love about the passion translation is it it just makes it very poetic and I mean it's Mm. quite a poetic passage anyway isn't it but there's a bit that always stands out and again we were talking it was uh, talking about this with Sarah Rose last last time out around because we were talking around the aspect of the when the angels came to the shepherds and we were saying about how that bright light like how bright that must have been like it's not just this angel appearing it's like with a bro with this you know out of the heavens this bright bright light and it says this in verse five and this living expression is the light that bursts through gloom the light that darkness could not diminish Mm. and i'm always drawn to that aspect that the world was in darkness before jesus and this this baby this small being this uh you know like like you're saying that, that piece of art which I yeah I've I've seen that as well and it's this little baby that poos and cries like we we're saying like it's it's not it's just a normal baby in a sense but it brought with it this this light that darkness couldn't diminish like it's it's just that really like mind-blowing aspect of what the gospel is like God loved us that much that he sent himself he sent his son to hmm. burst through that darkness that has such a grapple on who we are as a people and as a world to show us the way and to, to kind of guide our steps. And I find that just mind blowing.
2: Um, And I think this passage is, you know, we could have, you could very easily skip this because it doesn't actually physically mention, you know, a baby, a baby being born and all of this. And it's not a typical Christmas passage, but this really is the narration of the biggest movement in history this is the narration of the incarnation it is it's just not in the same words like luke had covered that so john and you know so john gave us this but it's that picture that what what i think what john wanted to reiterate to us was that yes this is the moment that jesus came to earth but that jesus was at the beginning too that Mm -hmm. the whole story of you know from creation jesus was present in that and it's the trinity focus and you know it's very difficult in a podcast to kind of delve into that that's quite a depth we're getting into especially if this is the first time you're even you know you're even reading the gospel um and you know maybe we'll spend some time in a different series and have you back and we'll explore the trinity a bit more that we can kind of delve into that but i just it blows my mind seeing the pattern Of of Jesus through this whole story. And my the Bible that I'm that I use for my personal devotion in life is the Jesus Bible. It's the Zondervan Bible, Jesus Bible. And one of the things that I love that it does, particularly through the Old Testament, is show the relationship and the connection to Jesus there. And each book kind of journeys through how we can see God's plan through Jesus in all of that. And it really just paints this incredible story of this yes this was the moment that it became flesh but the word was in the beginning Mm. um with god as as you said sophie and was god and there's that's such a it's such a big concept to grapple with and i think my question for us all to maybe explore for this next bit is and we may not even have the answer for this but is how do we as christians deal with big ideas like this like how in your life have you began and particularly I think poignantly as you're in college and you're journeying through that is how do we you know how do we grapple with things that sometimes are beyond our human comprehension and relating that to faith and life and Mm. because it's you know some people may be hearing this and saying you're saying Jesus was there in creation and now he's flesh and I'm just supposed to just go yeah and accept that and these are huge things and I think we want to you know just say to you know our listeners and that it doesn't matter I think where you are on those journey these things still are mind-blowing and are still awe-inspiring and sometimes beyond our complete human comprehension and understanding Mm -hmm. they're not something that I'm not like yeah I fully get this I'm I love it and I can I can delve into it but I'm not like whoa I think if I really truly got that I would just be
3: it for me And this is something we've spoken a lot about because there's so much in the Bible, so much within theology and, you know, doctrine, if you want to get really gritty with it, that is confusing and it's hard to deal with and it's, you know emotional you know we're, we're talking about the real stuff of human experience here we're not talking about wishy-washy ideas we're talking about what does it mean to be human what's our purpose on this planet what what it what happens after we die what is all of these huge big life questions mm-hmm. and I think sometimes when you read a passage like this it's like listening to a symphony where you just experience it and though I couldn't tell you like what all the different parts of it are how it was constructed maybe and maybe i could spend years and years and years studying it and still not know what was in the um the composer's heart when they wrote it or or what the 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 process of that was um i i could gain so much truth and life and goodness from it um just by grappling with it and actually i think sometimes that's what scripture calls us to do because if you Go into scripture and say, Okay, I'm going to unravel every mystery and understand every question in this book. I'm going to get to the bottom of it all, and everything's going to be perfectly clear. You're going to find yourself frustrated (laughs) and you're going to find yourself running into dead ends. And, you know, I I say that because I have. (laughs) Um, But when I read this, you know, sure, I want to study it, I want to learn as much as I can. But at some point, I've got to say, you know, I I need to stand back in awe and wonder at the amazing mystery that God has presented through scripture Mm -hmm. and just say, wow, wow. You know, thank you, God, for inviting me into this conversation. And um, and there's so much that we can learn from it just by, I, I guess, taking that posture as well.
1: Yeah, And I think that's been one of the really beautiful things about kind of coming to a faith for myself is you kind of. You, you figure out what this Jesus thing might mean and you say, okay, well, I don't know what that means for me. Let's find out. And you start feeling like, okay, so I need to find some answers. I've got lots of questions. And I'm now going to go on this journey of answers. I'm going to open this book and I'm going to find them. Or I'm going to talk to this person and I'm going to find them. And that never really happens. Um, and I think it's some Brian McLaren stuff. Is it, is it faith after doubt yeah. or faith beyond doubt or something? Um, it's an incredible book and I wish I knew the name of it. Um, but there's also a really good Nomad podcast on it. Um <laughs> And, uh, and and yeah he talks about these different stages of faith and sometimes it's it's really difficult to get beyond that black and white place and for so many people that's such a happy place to be and mm. that's really exciting but actually there's so much goodness in the gray and mm. um, if you're willing to journey to it and to to live with open-ended unanswered questions and just um use it as an opportunity to seek more of God's char- character rather than than God's uh decisive decisions or like any clarity on that kind of stuff actually there's so much beauty to be explored and and you know and Ed says talks about symphony actually sometimes you you go you go down a journey and you seek more about God and even more will bubble over the surface than you ever thought you were gonna discover in the first place and you're all the richer for it you know there's there's so many psalms that talk about your cup overflowing um And I do think that when we seek God with an open heart and with a real genuine uh, curiosity to discern what uh, that relationship might mean for us, uh, you know, specifically in our lives, actually there's so much more that will overflow and that naturally will just ripple out to the people and the communities and the places that we find ourselves. Um, Yeah, just imagining communities of people all just like, little taps that are just overflowing constantly and leaking out to everybody else. Mm, yeah. Thank you. That's mm. just,
2: I love those pictures and so funny this morning I heard about the gray and um, somebody mentioned that about how we always try and we always want something either black or white, but um, I was talking to Peter Lawn, who runs creepy Cove and community church about, obviously the horror genre and the paranormal and the spiritual podcast he was saying how it's so important that actually christians feel comfortable more in the gray and that we don't just need an either or or we have to have some it has to be one way or the other that there it actually that life is more gray than black or white Mm -hmm. um so yeah i love that that's clearly a message that god is trying to um share out today because i've had that twice today Mm -hmm. alone in separate Context. So,
3: and and I think it it's a really interesting thing because you know as a bit of a, a logical thinker, I r- naturally want things to be black or white. I want to understand them, and I think at times where I felt like I've got it understood, it's made me quite impatient with those that dis- come to different conclusions. But as I've learned more, I've realized how how little I actually know about anything (laughs) and (laughs) what what was black or white has become very gray in many places. And I've noticed alongside that me being a lot more compassionate to people that have come to very different conclusions to me and um because me- maybe they're right <laughs> who am well, i to say i mean yeah i and and just learning to hold all these things really loosely like just gently holding these ideas rather than gripping onto them firm um i think has has been a- just a positive thing for me yeah
0: and i think like for me like i always think about how you know we worship a god that is full of color like he sends a rainbow at the beginning when there's all that issue with um, the the story of Noah and all of that, and then all the way through creation, there's color. That, you know, and yeah. I think we can so easily forget about all that color where we're looking for the black and white. If you know what I mean, like, mm. you know, like you're saying, like find the gray, but it's also finding the blues. It's also finding the, the greens. You know, we're never going to have all the answers to anything. Like we're never going to know how uh, that tree got there, and how I always say to Beth, I'm always amazed at how all the trees are always the same height. Like this is like a painting, isn't it? Like it's, yep. it's yeah. Not, it, we're never going to have all those answers. We're never going to have the black and the the real black and white answer. It's always going to be that color through creation stuff. Mm.
2: And I think in when we think about like, and John is very intentional with his language, isn't he? In this, and he wants us to, you know, I, I don't think. And John isn't saying he, here that I'm telling you this so that you know the either or. Like yeah. this is about us beginning that exploration one of the things i think is beautiful about john's passage and um particularly john's gospel sorry in this passage is that john is is giving us a different way of exploring who jesus is you know the the synoptic Mm -hmm. gospel so matthew mark and luke kind of they they show us what Jesus did. They give us the kind of, you know, the stories, the very particular details. We see all the things that Jesus did and we can say, oh yeah, Jesus did this and Jesus performed a miracle and was this and did this, you know, did this. But whereas this is so much about who Jesus is, yeah. and that, and that isn't, you know, so black and white, that, that can't easily be understood in a way that perhaps we can say, oh yeah, well, we know that Jesus did miracles. We know that, Jesus you know taught we know that Jesus was a reflector and Jesus prayed we know the these things that Jesus did but this is who Jesus is and Mm. and that is and that is another part of being a a Jesus follower isn't it we Mm. we say that there are these things that he did and we can see those but to actually know who he is as a person is the start of that relationship and I feel like this passage is a perfect kind of way for people to begin to understand how a relationship is with with jesus and Mm. that it's it's all encompassing and it begins way beyond before we even could understand and yeah Mm. and learning to accept that you're never going to have the answers is one of the hardest things to do as a christian and
0: it's hardest thing as a human isn't it really yeah
2: well yeah and i think you know everybody is searching for the answers Mm. and i think it's that famous thing you know we've heard it when we've been with you in class in that you know when it's like what's the answer it's Jesus and (laughs) Jesus is the answer and not always the specific answer to the question but it's I love that this passage here we get such a kind of create like visual image to how we can understand the character of Jesus how we can see what Jesus is going to do but also what Jesus can do in our life and I think when I think about my experience of my personal faith this passage feels so very real because I know when there's been those moments of darkness or when I felt perhaps far away from God or when there's been a situation where life has been difficult or tough this passage is what I know you know I know I can trust that God was there before Mm -hmm. you know during and after God is the light in the darkness Jesus does bring me hope and joy and breaks me out of those spaces um or is with me in those spaces as well not just breaks me out of those spaces but more more than of you know encompassing that as well is that God and Jesus is with me in those moments and that flesh on earth is still you know while that flesh may not be physically on this earth Jesus is now with us because mm-hmm. we have we have this and that passage tries to explain that. So, props to John for explaining, trying to explain the Trinity and trying to explain that in a way yeah. beautifully done. Because it, you know, that's no easy feat, and he really wanted us to understand beyond Jesus was just more than this doer. He wanted us to to bring in, cap, you know, kind of capture the whole of um, the gospel mm-hmm. in in who he was. Mentioned there was a man sent who was named John, and he came as a witness to testify concerning that light that all may through him might believe. John testified concerning him, and he cried. So, I'm this was verse six, and I'm jumping down to verse 16. John testified concerning him, he cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of all his fullness, we have received grace in place of grace already given. And then we go into a lot about Moses and the law, and yeah. I think
0: the whole thing with John the Baptist is just so underrated like yeah. who who this who this man is like who you know this is a, obviously not as important as Jesus coming but he is he is important <laughs> like this is not yeah. um, you know there's not many people in the bible that were born like this Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean like this is a god sent it's not not like the son of god but this is someone that's been born for a purpose like he was born it's a bit
1: to like,
2: be... like a king like you know like i think about like william and charles yeah. like they're born with a In... sole purpose on earth
0: like he's born to be the messenger
3: like you know yeah. you know when you told us we, we were going to do john and it's going to be re- um, released on christmas eve um i thought actually this is just the perfect passage for the like marking the end of advent right mm-hmm. and talking about john the baptist as being that guy who prepares the way who announces the coming of jesus What better day to do that on than Christmas Eve? And it made me think about, have you heard of the tiny Advent poems? Um, So there's 24 of them. I'm not going to read all 24. Don't worry. Uh, um, Some of them are are phenomenal and they're really short little poems talking about what Advent is. So I'll read a couple. So Advent is the hush in the theatre between the house lights going down and the curtain going up. Advent is the turning off the lights before you bring in the birthday cake. Advent is the conductor raising his baton and the choir taking a collective breath. And you get that sense of anticipation, don't you, that something's going to happen here. And these first 18 verses in John just do that job for the rest of the book, don't they? They set the scene. They give you this amazing cosmic image of the God, the Jesus, the word of God that was always has been and always will be made flesh in the particular Jesus in this one time. And it sets you up with so much expectation about how is that going to live that? What's going to happen here? And then it just drops you into the story and you're kind of onto it. And I think that I love that one of the collective breath from the choir. (gasps) And he's just waiting for what's going to happen. And yeah, it's phenomenal. It, it absolutely is. And and this, yeah, like I said, these first 18 verses in terms of like the way that the, um, the literature is written, literature is written, you see all of the themes for the whole book in these first 18 verses. Every name for Jesus is in these first 18 verses that will be used for the rest of the book. It literally gives you all the material. It's just um, the author going, here's everything I'm going to say. And then in short form, and I'm going to go into more depth later. And it is, yeah, it's just the perfect Advent preparation, announcing the coming Jesus. Yeah. What a a verse to read on Christmas Eve.
0: (laughs) And I think like like the the Passion Translation because what I've got up, like that that verse 18 it says no one has ever gazed upon the fullness of god's splendor except the unique the uniquely beloved son who is cherished by the father and held close to his heart now he has unfolded to us the full explanation of who god truly is and mm-hmm. it, is, it is that like like you say that kind of breath isn't it and then it's like yeah. now it's here kind of and I, I, yeah like you say, i think there's such an excitement around that you know the arrival as advent means the arrival of what jesus is and now you're going into like beyond christmas like we you know this is almost like towards easter now isn't it it's that kind of sharing what that means and um and then beyond easter isn't it it's like you know it all builds Mm. up builds up for this sort of story of just what jesus is about and Mm. yeah what a story
2: and one of the things that i've really has been kind of a continual message this Advent um, and it's we asked kind of a couple of the previous episodes so you know like what 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 message has been shared to you this Advent something that's been kind of really reiterated in so much of what um, I've read in my personal devotions and reflections and in teaching and just in general is about how actually our whole year and our whole life is an Advent. Mm. <laughs> waiting for the coming of waiting for Jesus to come again. And it's almost like that whole like breath. And when we were talking about it in Bible study with our community, <laughs> one of the, one lady said, she was like, I wonder if it's like the, um, particularly in America when they got really stressed about t- the year 2000, you know, and they thought like it was going to end like that, holding your breath for that moment mm-hmm. or waiting for something to come and just like, you know, anticipating that and mm-hmm. like, what's so beautiful is that we have that moment to go it's we know we know how this story unfolds and I love on Christmas Eve just sitting and thinking about the complete majesty that is and that we get to we get to continue you know the message that John the Baptist you know started he was the you know the, the that messenger he was the one sent to share that message we get to continue that baton in a relay race most like passing it on and on mm. and mm. what and I, you know i say this it sounds very lightly how i say it but i think all of us particularly those of us who go into ministry hold that so very dearly that we get to be the one you know we get to live our lives daily like sometimes i just sit in awe and wonder and i don't know mm. about you guys that we get to do this like What a privilege that God called us to life, you know, and I'm sure there are, you know, and there are other people who, you know, live different jobs and have different calling and vocations that get to do that in different spheres. But, you know, we're speaking from the experience of where we are, but just what a privilege that we get to tell people Mm. that the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Like, that's amazing that we get to tell that
1: Mm.
2: we get to we and we get to see that. And feel that at the same time
1: I think it's um one of Sam Wells books um I think it's only his prologue or his introduction and it's a Christmas Eve speech that he gave at a church a couple of years ago I can't remember what the name of the book is called
3: Nazareth Manifesto
1: that's the one not very good with these book titles am I um (laughs) Sam Wells includes this talk that he gave and um, it's all about this being with and that you know, especially here, it, it's littered with it in John, but God came to be with and that being just the most important word. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things that we see in John the Baptist as as the one who came before. It wasn't just a, a way and a and a silence and a passiveness or a, oh, well, Jesus is coming. So it's fine. Actually, we get to actively participate and join in with what God is doing in the kingdom of the world and just to build up all the good things that we see in in the communities around us. We get to physically and actively participate in that. And God invites us to do that. God's at work in our world and invites us to join in. That is, you know, it's just beautiful that we're invited to to be a part in that rather than just to simply sit and watch. Mm you could just simply sit and watch the beauty <clears> of <throat> around you. And there's so much else going on in our world. And I don't want to diminish any of that, but to not just see what God's doing, but be able to be like, oh, and me and you and you and us and, and together we get to go and do this. Mm-hmm. Um that is a huge privilege and 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 I love that right from the get-go in, in John's gospel, John the Baptist is is the one who's like we get to do this, you know, we we get to you know Jesus for them at that time you know Jesus wasn't there yet but he was coming and we still get to do stuff for God. Um,
3: It's that two forms of waiting isn't it it's the waiting as in something's coming and then waiting as in I've got to be like a waiter in a sense of of uh, nurturing and taking care of people as well and Uh, doing for the least of these as you see elsewhere in the gospel where saying what you do for the least of these you do for me actually what what the the way that we interact with the world is directly related to who we see Jesus to be and yeah that that those two forms of waiting in in the active one and the passive we need we need both of those elements don't we
1: you do and just as Beth said we get to do that alongside each other you know Mm -hmm. we we're equally transformed yeah. by the people that we come yeah. alongside as as we hope that they'll be transformed by by Jesus and the good news of, the, of faith, you know. And with
2: John, you know, something that I'm humbled by in that passage is that um, it says um, that he I'm just trying to find it. He was not he was not that light. Mm. And we can easily gloss over that because I think it's important reminder to us that although we are witnesses to that and the witness is a serious task you know to establish the truth to give ground for faith and to to bring that good news is a serious thing and we don't take it lightly but we are not the light we are not the ones that that where the transformation takes place we we Mm -hmm. are witness to that we share that news Mm -hmm. the transformation doesn't happen by our feet only by God alone and it wasn't even John the Baptist you know He had the great message he was that first you know witness essentially named but we are not that light and you we have to be a humble reminder and I think particularly in the Salvation Army sphere and at Christmas when there is work and serve and in service to the community I think in particular we have to remember that we are not the light we are not the hope we are not you know we are witness to that because of Jesus and that is an important reminder at this time to that we don't try to to take that light for our own sake. Mm-hmm. I think a nice kind of way to you know move in this bit is the last verse of this chapter uh, this section is no one has ever seen God but the one and only son who is himself God is in closest relationship with the father and has made him known. And I was, I had a saved, a po- I had a saved thing. And I'm tr- I was trying to find it. It's really annoying me that I couldn't find a piece of poetry. It was a poem that was related to this piece and I, I couldn't find it. It was really, so, it, but I was thinking about how, and it kind of links to what we were just saying that Jesus. And it's that, back to that trinity piece is that jesus is the only one who is part of that and has that closest relationship with him and has made him known and therefore to have that to have that access to to god is through jesus and that's why jesus is here so that god make can make himself known, god's made known on this earth and that you know to see to understand god because i think the old testament can be a bit confusing there's a lot of There's a lot of things that go on. It can be, you know, creation and then you've got murder, you've got betrayal, you've got lots of different things. But there's also prophecy and there's battles and there's miracles and there's these great things, you know, great people. There's these great moments with God. There's so much that happens in the story of the Old Testament. There's freedom and slavery and so much more. And then and it can be, you know, I found in the past when I've tried to get an understanding of God, I I really struggled to do that. But then when I when I read the Gospels and I see what the things that Jesus did, I get a greater understanding of who God is. And then that's why I think I love my this particular Bible so much is that through those things I'm allowed, I get, I begin to see that picture. And there's a, is it called the infographic Bible? But is that what yeah it's called? With,
0: uh...
2: yeah, and it's got this image in it where it like correlates all of the things from the Old to the New Testament and. Mm. It's not just, you know, a couple of, you know, it's not just like 60 lives. It is so much. It is so many hundreds, lives yeah. Yeah. from one to the other. And I think mm. it is a, that is a beautiful image for this last line that, you know, of how, how we can see so much of God through, you know, through this Jesus story and to understand God a bit more. You know, it's like when people say, well, how do you know God is this? And I'm like, well, I can point you to what Jesus did here you know and how do we know that the god who did this in the old testament isn't going to say this and i'm like well in the life of like jesus said this you know and so much we can we get revealed so much more of of what of god mm. um in jesus and again back to what we said at the beginning blows my mind that god allowed us to be to have more insight into who like to have an under, greater understanding of god mm. you know he didn't just settle to being this deity and you know beyond not you know a few people like moses perhaps seeing things but through that we are able to physically see in flesh god
1: the actions
2: of god the words of god you know we're able to see things that were inspired from you know love from and without that well you know i don't even want to think about what the world would have been like had we not had that flesh Mm,
3: absolutely there's a um can't believe I'm about to name drop Karl Barth but I'm about to <laughs> so <laughs> there's a theologian called Karl Barth and I I, whenever I say that name I always panic that I'm not saying it right and someone's going well it's actually this uh, but anyway um, he, he has this great phrase where he talks about the hiddenness and revelation of, of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and this is one of those like Amazing things that I see more and more in the Bible is these two opposite things (laughs) somehow held together. And in Jesus, we really do have this hiddenness, the fullness of God in a baby kind of hidden in a manger. But then this revelation of God saying, I'm finally, I need you to know who I am. So I'm going to become human and you can see my character just exactly as you were saying, Beth, Mm -hmm. you can see my character through this person of jesus and i love the idea of, of god to say okay i need you to understand my character i need you to, to understand who i am so what can i do i'll be i'll take on flesh and become human and show you who i am through through who you are um i think it's richard raw that says that god loves things by becoming them yeah which is uh, that there's so many great phrases around this but that's it, from the
1: universal christ i find they remember the name of a book it's just here <laughs> <laughs> love that
2: yeah that's one is that poem that i i can't find i don't know where i saved it. it's really annoying me was called the unseen god Um mm, yeah it's about and it and um, i don't want to do it injustice by like sharing it um i'm sure i think it was just somebody just wrote it and it was like on instagram you, you may not you may be able to find it researching it i've tried searching it but i can't find it i think it was like a pinterest thing so it wasn't mm. it's was just a person's own thing Um. But it was just it basically emphasised that you know how how we've been walking blind and how through this moment it was in that so there's probably going to be loads called the unseen god because that's there but
3: lovely title
2: <clears throat> yeah it talks it goes into how like relates it into today's thing so they basically go on a walk this person is going on a walk and they they recount the things they see and then it's just like a normal thing like I see my neighbor who you know who had a party till 11am and it's all these things and then it says and then it brings in the line about the word becoming flesh and light and all of that thing and then it changes that and it's I see my sister and it changes the way we look at things and it's yes. like unseen yeah. from the scene mm-hmm. and yeah it's so it's just so amazing i'm so annoyed i can't find it i'll probably find it like two two days are you looking for it
3: i'm looking for i can't see it no and, and that is the like the the contemplative sort of journey of of someone looking for god in the world is trying to fathom out the hiddenness and the revelation of of the divine throughout creation right like you can go throughout like throughout your day and look for where god is and look for where jesus is at work And, you know, the more that you practice that and the more you give yourself to that, the more you'll see. (laughs) And the more those hidden um, gems of God's work in the world will be revealed. And that is just a wondrous process. And, you know, I I wish that, you know, I could always walk around with those with those eyes on. But sometimes I get in my own way and get a little bit cynical about things.
2: (laughs) And I just think it's so beautiful now that we I just pray that we have those lenders a bit more for all of us, that all of us you know, none of us have, an un- you know, we don't have an unseen God, but it's whether we choose to use, whether we choose to see God in those things, mm. because as John lays it out, it's here for us, and that's the thing with faith, isn't it, it's about whether we choose to take on that, to see God in those things, and whether we choose to live about the light, and the word, and all of that, and mm. all of that encompassed. I
0: was just reminded, when you were saying about that, like, the unseen God, uh, there, uh, there's a passage in Colossians, uh it's Clos- yeah colossians 1 15 it says he's the divine portrait the true likeness of the invisible god and the firstborn heir of all creation for in mm-hmm. him was created the universe of things both in the heavenly realm and on the earth all that is seen and all that is unseen every seat of power realm of government principality and authority it all exists through him and for his purpose and i was just reminded of that kind of yeah that divine. He's the divine portrait of We've got of the invisible god mm-hmm. and then it you know and then that kind of links really beautifully I think into that the fact that he was the word in the beginning that living expression that living portrait from the very beginning all the way through I love what I just uh, oh, I thought what? you are smiling at me I thought you were waiting for me to say something that's like <laughs> I was I supposed to say something back
2: no I I'm I'm just amazed how much richness and goodness we get every time. And then I'm like, why am I amazed? Because it's the living (laughs) word. Like, why am I so surprised? But I just love doing things like this because I'm just, yeah, I can just constantly read things and be challenged and inspired. One of the things that I love that we get to do here is, you know, in our community that we have, we, you know, there are some that are people who pray and there are some that are not. And Mm. I just wondered if there are is there something specific for our listeners that you perhaps would like prayer for. Um, that they can um, support in prayer as a community for you.
3: I think one of the things that perhaps been feeling recently is that we we came to training college because we really felt God was calling us here. And because we we had kind of been out in communities, you know, telling people about Jesus and doing church and living out all this stuff. And you kind of come to college and you have two years here at the William Booth Training College where we're kind of we're doing that in some areas, but we're kind of just learning about doing that in other areas. And it's it's quite a a, a difficult uh, skill to stop, if that makes sense. And we're in a place where we kind of feel, well, I certainly feel like a little bit stopped at the moment. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I needed to stop. Mm -hmm. Maybe God's going to use that. Um, Oh, God uses everything, doesn't he? So uh, hopefully he will. Um, but uh yeah i think just prayers for having having the eyes to see god and jesus in in this period of life as well and to really make the most of it um yeah while we're in john uh, our favorite verse probably in the bible is john 10:10 i have come to give you life and life to the full life in all its fullness um yeah, just pray that we will have the eyes to see life in all its fullness and to and to choose life in all its fullness wherever, wherever we can.
1: Yeah, I think the another translation of that verse uses the word abundance, life in yeah. all its abundance or a, overflowing abundance. And um, just, yeah, I think it's I think that's why I called it a weird sabbatical, because it is kind of a stop on everything that feels yeah. normal or usual about life. Um, to come and be a student again but it is a huge privilege um, and a luxury mm, and yeah. just not just for ourselves but for for anybody um whoever may be listening to this today just uh prayers that you put on your abundant goggles um mm. and see the the breadth and wealth of what god has placed all around you
0: mm. and around us thanks guys i just keep thinking like the salvation army has a wonderful word we use that we use retreat a lot <laughs> which yeah, is quite funny. Fun. my dad used to say um it's quite funny for an army to keep retreating but I, <laughs> I, I, quite, I quite like it like i think for you um as your friends seeing you being able to have a bit of a retreat um mm-hmm. and actually using this time to build and to grow and to deepen your faith and to deepen your understanding and yeah. um to, to focus on you as well um i think it's very easy when you're in ministry to always give um but to receive i think is going to be good and to be fed so yeah thank you guys for being at the table today we've just got one question left um which yeah. only are to ask if you could have anyone um at the table uh, dead or alive you, you, let's make it christmas
2: christmas well, we, yeah we've kept it christmas, kept for this christmas one, haven't
0: we? Um, so if you could have anyone at the christmas table <laughs> dead or alive They will get involved with like the games and watching the king's speech, whatever afterwards, all that kind of stuff.
2: Who do you want and why? So they're going to have lunch with you. And then of course they're going to play the obligatory games and side note, the Borrits are the masters, king and queens of game board games. So (laughs) anyone who goes there. The
0: collection is one word insane. Impressive. Uh. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It never. Yes. So they've got a lot to live up to these people coming to you for ball games. So um, <laughs>
1: important to know. But who yeah. are you having and why? Um, oh, is it one collective or do we get one each? You can get one each or you can get a collective. You go. OK, um, I would. So keeping Christmassy themed. I'm going to have Mary because I mean, why not? I mean, I listened to a Nomad podcast the other day um, where they interviewed a guy called Kyle Roberts. He's released a book called A Complicated Pregnancy. Um, whether Mary was a virgin and why it matters and just sticking a heretical head on I've just something I've been pondering a lot recently and and i working through this tension of the 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 God incarnate the God who came to physically dwell among us and who was fully God and fully man um, and <laughs> and yet have this idea of a virgin birth and how the two go together how they don't go together just something I'm pondering at the moment and I think she'd have a cracking game of wingspan with us um (laughs) love that idea of asking her all the difficult questions of um, yeah that kind of difficult pregnancy journey and um everything else that came along with it and then just having a nice nonsensical game about birds because why not
0: i heard she's good at uno as well to be honest
1: oh, so. no, good to know. <laughs> Love
3: that.
1: that is a great answer ed
3: uh i'll have richard iowadi please <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: nice. one of my favorite comedian actors uh think he's really cool and uh, i think it'd just be very fun to have around and play board games with it's not a serious answer is it but it's, it's <laughs> right,
1: we get one each can have one big table can we
3: invite you guys as well
1: Sure,
3: thanks. We'd, love, we'd love an to... invite. The fact hey, that man. Mary and Richard are going to be there—that sounds like an absolute party. And you, <laughs> wonderful listener, we would love to have you at this
0: Absolutely. table. We <laughs> like, we've,
2: we've had like we we've had the breadth and depth of the answers, haven't we? We've had because we gave. I said Michelle Obama.
0: Bill Nye was Sarah's. Yeah, oh. Bill
2: Nye. Who else have we had?
0: We had Michelle. Ben Garner, the charter manager uh, <laughs> from. <Georgia. laughs> He's just been sacked. Well, he say uh, just. Few weeks ago
2: i think um natalie said the shepherds didn't you she? or, or yes did she, she, i'm sure I she said so. that yeah so we've had we've had a, a nice selection, nice so selection. A different people who did you say
0: who did i say
2: oh you said comedians you wanted Romesh oh yeah romeo
3: Ranganathan. that he would be nice. good um,
0: Rob Beckett.
2: Beckett, tom
3: uh tom davis Tom
1: davis yeah
3: i was thinking michael mcintyre would be quite funny Oh, this floppy hair and
1: are a lot of men around this table though, just like to say
2: yes, there is. Mm. That's why when you said that, I was like, that's why Michelle Obama is just going to come and destroy all these comedians. (laughs)
3: Yeah, Sarah and Mary would be a powerful combo, wouldn't?
2: What a team,
0: powerhouse.
2: Like,
0: just just throw like like, a Serena Williams in there as well, just (laughs) because she's a powerhouse. I don't
2: think you'd get to the ball games. You just want to talk. Yeah, absolutely. Oh no, but we're talking about this right now, you know. I think it speaks so much of the power of the invitation and power to be sitting at a table with people, and mm. well, that's why we love this. You know, that's why we're this jealous, this idea was formed about because the table is where so much goodness happened. You know, and mm. I think we also, you know, I think a lot of people would say really you know they don't say Jesus because I think it's probably the obvious answer but we know we'd all like because we want we want to know all the questions and all the answers but like we want Mary and we want all these people that are going to create such fun and laughter and I think we were speaking to someone in our community and they said about um they wanted to do like a, a last supper type thing but they wanted to leave spaces for the disciples so like there'd be empty chairs and imagining they were there and like and I was like it's like right. how do we do that and like thinking beyond that but she was like how fun do you think jesus would be at like at the table because you because we just watched the chosen the tv this yeah as well. so in their heads they're seeing that form of jesus in how their actor portrays it obviously sure but they were like jesus would be fun like jesus was fun at the wedding in cana and you know jesus has banter and jokes and i'm like well jesus would be full of all of that He loved the the glass of wine. I think Jesus and Rob Beckett and Richard Adawadi and Mary and all of that. That would be and Michelle Obama and some shepherds and Ben Garner
0: Garner.
2: (laughs) and Bill Nye. (laughs) Like that is a cracking table. Mm. Um, That is that is for sure something that that's a table. That's a Christmas I want to be at.
0: Honestly, thank you so much for for coming on on it's Christmas Eve. Um, <laughs> but we just wanna, yeah, we just wanna sort of reiterate that you guys are awesome. Mm. Uh we pray for you, we we thank you, we well, we're just so thankful that uh you're you're our friends, that we can we call you mentors as well. Uh you, the way you speak into our lives mm. and to other people's as well. But uh we hope you have a lovely Christmas.
2: We hope that uh, it's a nice time uh, with whatever you're going to be doing. And you, to you, our beautiful community, we thank you for listening and journeying with us through the Advent slash Christmas season. It's been um, a beauty to to have guests with us mm. at the table, albeit virtually, but it's been a joy to sit and listen to how the Advent season is revealing more of the wondrous, marvellous God that we love and serve and i think our prayer you know and i'm sure that i'm speaking on behalf of all the all the guests and and john and even you as listeners but i think all that, the guests and, and john <laughs> <laughs> um i think i'm speaking on their behalf you know in saying that our prayer for all of you is, is that in this you've been able to capture something more or capture something new mm. for the first time of the wonder of the miracle of christ coming becoming flesh on earth what that means and that jesus is available to you and we've said before many times that if this is something new to you and you're exploring that please reach out to either us or people around you and um, connect to some friends you may know who are christians or just google some questions search some things google's great you can find some questions there or open a bible search it in there find mm-hmm. this more about god yourself but our prayer this advent season is You find the beauty in the amazing, intricate details that our God weave together Mm. and that you enjoy this time together and just live in the joy, live in the wonder, live in the the hope, the mess, live in um, the wonder, the witness, live live in it all. Mm. And if you're going to do that and if you have any questions or if you want any comments about this episode or others, please feel free to comment on our um, socials. You can edit that at the table on Instagram or the group on Facebook. Or please feel free to um, review or make a comment anywhere else. Or if you just want to get in contact personally, we've got social media platforms that you can do that. Absolutely. But um, And we'd love for you to get in touch and share with us. We're always here to chat. We're mm. so thankful for you listening and taking the time to do that. Mm. So thank you. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, <laughs> well, but, uh, awesome. and... See you later. Bye. Have a blessed week.